Hey podcast, just before we get you to this episode, I wanted to invite you to join us at pageantlaunch.com. We are starting the world's first dedicated pageant review site and we want you to join our launch team. All you need to do is put in your email address. It's completely free. We are looking to make the pageant industry safe, transparent, and fair, and we'd love your input on how to do that. So head over to pageantlaunch.com, whack in your email address, and let's get you to this episode. My name is Maria Gerlando. I'm a Miss World Canada 2020 finalist, and this is my interview with The Pageant Project. Hey everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. My special guest for today is Maria Giolando, who's a Miss World Canada 2020 finalist. Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's really cool hearing that intro, and then I'm after it, so I have like chills almost. <laughs> good chills, I hope, not creepy chills. Um, Maria, why don't we start with where you're coming from? Of course, I'm from Ontario, Canada. I'm actually at the most southern border of Ontario, Canada, across from Detroit, Michigan. So are you close to the, the United States border? Yes, I can pretty much see Detroit from my window, my bedroom window. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. just as someone who has no experience with this, how easy is it for you to go over that border? It's a 15 minute drive, a $5 toll, and you're in a new country, you're in America. Of course, right now it's not that easy. They do have the borders closed down just due to okay. the pandemic restrictions. But other than that, it's happy traveling. Okay, do you spend much time in America at all, given how close you are to it? Yeah, and there's oftentimes a lot of nearby malls, conventions and things like that. It makes it very convenient for, for travel, leisure, meeting up with friends on the other side. Okay. Uh, all right. We've got a couple of familiar faces tuning in. Um, this lovely young lady here, Matea, being the fashionable one tuning in on YouTube, which you guys can do. We've only been doing that for probably about two weeks. So someone's watching on YouTube. So Matea, hello, Matea. And um, Amber Jusen, who is over in the Netherlands, um, I Hi. believe. Maria. That's correct. And she's also um, put the jinx on you here. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed hoping praying <laughs> fingers crossed so um maria why don't we start with the easy question although for some people it's a hard question because they have to remember so much your pageant history how did you get involved with pageantry to begin with and what has your journey been so far to lead you up to the point now where you are a miss world canada 2020 finalist Yes, this is my favorite story to share, honestly. It started approximately four years ago, almost four and a half years ago now. I was 21 years old and in my third year of nursing, and I'm sure we'll get a lot more into this, but long story short, I had this life epiphany transformation where I realized that I had so much greater potential and opportunity around me that I wasn't seizing. And about two months after having this realization, I saw the opening for a local pageant. and. Never would I have thought twice about it, but this time it hit me in the face and I thought, I'm going to do this. And then with the support of my friends and family, they were completely on board for the first one. And it was a very simple pageant called Miss Via Italia 2016, where you walk on stage for two different walks, you answer a question, and that is the entirety of the pageant. It's a free one day pageant. I figured what a better way to break me into the pageant industry. And in that pageant, I placed as the second runner up and I was awarded Miss Congeniality. And I was hooked from there. I really was. Um, just because it seemed like such a fun, friendly, energetic environment. And then two months after that, I decided to go for a little bit of a bigger local title. It's a town called Tecumseh and annually awarded at what's called our Corn Fest. So both of these pageants were outside in the summer, much different than pageants from around the world. But Little did I know that pageants existed around the world. All I really knew was what was in my hometown. And 
was dedicated, again, energized, loved the experience, got to know a little bit more about community involvement through competing for Miss Tecumseh. And two months after my very first pageant, the Miss Via Italia pageant, I won the title of Miss Tecumseh along with Miss Interview and Miss Photogenic. So I realized maybe I'm good at this. Like maybe I have something to offer and maybe there's something in me that, you know, is meant to be doing this if all of a sudden Within six months, I was all of a sudden a leader, a title holder in my community. I don't know if it happens that quickly for everybody, but it was surreal. And that was just six months in. And then with Miss Tecumseh, you get to do a year of activities and fundraisers. I traveled across our community. I spoke at schools. And I also raised about $4,000 for the Sick Kids Hospital. And then, of course, once that last month of being a title holder comes around, you start to think, okay, what's next? What else do I have to do? And where where is my journey going to take me? And it took me to a pageant called Miss Canada, which is a personality-based pageant. I often compare it to Miss America in a very non-comparable way, but it's very similar to Miss America in the sense that they're very philanthropy-based. So I decided to enter into Miss Canada. And six months after passing on my title of Miss Tecumseh, I was crowned Miss Canada 2018 in Montreal, Quebec. So pretty much signed up for a pageant one to a couple months later. And then a year and a half later, I was a national title holder traveling across Canada, representing an organization, speaking and working with nonprofit organizations as well and really just changed my entire life. At this point, I was a registered nurse. I was working at a couple of nursing jobs, but I definitely got to dive a lot deeper into um, community work, community service, and public speaking, just because that's kind of almost something that you're expected to do as a title holder. Everyone thinks that we have these secrets and they wanna know what they are. So you're given a mic and asked to go on stage and whatever whatever you're able to share and impart wisdom on your audience that's what you do and that's exactly what i did for throughout my year um, that then took me to two international pageants one that i mentioned to you where i met a few australian girls which i know that you know pretty well Gemma white um brooke who brooke and Gemma were uh the winner and the first runner-up i was the third or the second runner-up at miss continents 2018 in oh, las wow. vegas okay. Yeah. yeah, so we got really close and they're both amazing women. But my first international pageant, again, a top three placement. Incredible for a young girl who was working as a nurse, didn't really expect to go into pageants and found myself still being quite successful. And then just last November, I ventured to the Philippines, the, I would say, number one country for pageantry in the world. And I competed for Miss Face of Beauty which promotes their platform is I am me and it's all about women empowering women through our differences and through our platforms which is very similar to some pageants I would say and I placed in the top 15 here and again amazing experience met women around the world incredible but my heart and my soul kept telling me okay well what's next What's next? You don't have a title right now. You have more to give. And that's when actually Matea and I hopped on a call for about two hours. And I just, we, I could not get off the topic of Miss World Canada. I asked her upwards of a dozen questions, got all of my information. And I realized that this is something my heart wanted to do. And that's what brings me here today. Two months, a little bit less than two months before the pageant, I am a Miss World Canada finalist vying for one of the top five titles in Canada. Uh, now, just with the comments, you've got Sarah who said, hey, Maria, and Hello. love you, lady. Maria, I believe I asked Matea this, but I can't remember all the details. So Miss World Canada for, for you guys, because here, for example, in Australia, Miss World Australia is purely for, is purely leading towards one international pageant, which is obviously Miss World. For you guys in Canada, you mentioned it, but what are the titles that are on offer for Miss World Canada contestants? Yes, bear with me here. So the franchise owner, the kind of top title that most women are vying for is Miss World Canada. The other four are Miss Grand International Canada, Miss Earth Canada, Miss Supranational Canada, and Miss Intercontinental Canada. So there are five 
very prestigious international titles up for grabs. And I kind of call it like the Binny Binny Canadian pageant now. Definitely, we've gotten a lot more popularity from this because it's just, it's such, there's there's so much riding on one competition rather than five separate yeah. ones. So understandably, everyone is pretty excited to see how this runs the first time. And do you, do you have your heart set on any one of those five titles in particular, or is it a case of you'd be honoured, obviously, I imagine, to represent your nation at any of them? I understand that. My destiny, I, I don't always have a, a say in what my destiny is and what a judge sees is going to be different from what I can see. But I truly do believe with my credentials and experience that I'm best suited to represent Canada at Miss World. And of course, if I was selected to represent Canada at any of the other international pageants, I'm sure that I would be I would be just fine with it. And it would be a great experience. I would be able to represent Canada proudly. I just think knowing that each system looks for something different. They have different mm. branding and different messages. That's why my number one would be Miss World Canada. And Milena Russo, forgive me if I've butchered that pronunciation, has said that she's on hashtag Team Maria. Guys, if you, for those of you watching, if you haven't watched my interviews before, if you put any questions you have in the comments, then I'll make sure that I'll pass them on to Maria as well um, and we can get the answers. Maria, that you brought us on to an, an interesting point, which is that I think pageant selection is extremely important. If you're going in it to win it, then matching yourself to the system that most closely speaks to your values, I think is one of the most important things that you can do. So you've identified that you've got your heart set, your eyes set on the Miss World system. What in particular makes you feel that that's the one that would be the best fit for yourself? Yes. Yeah, so personally, over especially the last four years, I like I said, I've dove into a lot of public speaking and being a spokesperson for an international organization called Optimus International, which is really brought light to me about the different issues and circumstances going on around the world and the tangible ways that we as individuals can help make a difference and spread optimistic and positivity into the communities around us, which of course is going to have a ripple effect. But bringing this back, that's exactly what Miss World focuses on. It's how can we in one day with one action create a ripple effect of change in our communities to affect larger global political issues that are happening at scale. And because I've had experience as a previous national title holder, I understand it's it's a big responsibility and it's so much bigger than just me as one person. And it's so much more about what I can help do, not only for one organization, but for the entire world. And that is exactly why I, I believe that I'm a great representative for for Miss World Canada, just because it has to be somebody who's knowledgeable about these, these world issues going on. And not only did I learn that through philanthropy, but through nursing as well. That's been a great way to teach me how, how and what is going on around the world and how we can help, help make an impact. Can you tell us a bit more about your career as a nurse? I mean, anyone working in the health industry has had, I mean, 2020 has been a horrible time for most of us, but anyone working in the health industry obviously would have seen things that no no human being should ever have to see. Uh, just tell us a little bit more about your career as a nurse and how, how it has been affected in 2020 by COVID, obviously. It's been a whirlwind, whirlwind. And just like you said, there are things that I never thought I would have experienced. I thought the term pandemic meant a pandemic around the world, but just never my community, never my nursing yeah. facility. And when I chose to go into nursing at 17, 18 years old, it was because I had an aunt that inspired me because she was a nurse. I had no idea what it was truly about. I had no idea all of the different avenues of healthcare that I could go into. And so I went in pretty blindly. I don't recommend that. I recommend doing your research, making sure you understand what your program is all about before just diving right in for four years of your education. And after I graduated, I definitely knew I wanted to do something more health education focused and really being the person with the primary preventative measures, because a lot of healthcare can seem like it's prevention, but realistically, we, we focus a lot on treatment and it would be so much mm. easier if we could help teach health and wellness to individuals. Yeah. So that way we wouldn't have to invest so much into treatment, but 
understandably, that's not always the way that it is. And I've worked as a mental health care professional in a children's pediatric facility for a few months, but the duration of my of my nursing career has been in a long-term care home. And unfortunately, we were pretty devastated this year with the pandemic coming directly into my hometown and into my nursing home. And it is absolutely not what I would have ever imagined. When we call it the front lines, what it really looks like is a lot of very sick and scared people, sick in a way that we've never experienced before. Staff having to take time off to take care of their families and their own immunocompromised you know, children or parents at home. Mm. And that left the workers who were able to help out very stressed, very overwhelmed, but still knowing that we had a bigger job to do. And it was to take care of these elderly because that's what we promise. We promise quality end of life care, whether it's during a pandemic or not. And it was, it still is, it's still a little bit nerve wracking. We are worried. We are fully out of outbreak. Thank goodness. But there is still those, those nerves and those reservations wondering, is it going to come back? And if it does, is it going to hit us as hard as it did the first time? So it's taught me a lot about how I have to care for myself when I'm not in my nursing home, but also how essential and important it was for me to step up at that time when others truly just were not able to help out for their own personal reasons. And that made me very proud to still be able to be there for the residents in my long-term care home. Here in Australia, um... We had the two, I believe, the two worst sources of outbreak. One was a cruise ship, which uh, they let the people off when they shouldn't have. This was in the early days of COVID. That became a massive outbreak in Sydney. The other one has been aged care facilities where there have been massive outbreaks, not just with the patients, but the carers and then the extended families. Just out of interest for those people who say, and there are a few of them who say that Corona is just the flu or people who say that you, you don't have to wear a mask, that it's all kind of made up for you working on the front line and seeing firsthand what Corona has done or what it can do. How does that make you feel or how do you respond when someone says it's just all made up and we should just go about our lives as normal? I will say I can understand why people don't understand the actual effects of it, because when I take a week off, it seems like it doesn't exist. It seems like you go to the store, you go to the mall, to the park, and it's not around you. It's not something that you can physically see. And that was something that I struggled with when I was working in my nursing home, seeing, especially online, people begging for businesses to open back up, which I understand it was such a tough time for local and larger businesses. But at the same time, if it's your loved one that's being affected, or if it's you, you would be in a much different mindset regarding it. And your health and safety would be the number one thing that you want. But that that's not something that everyone saw. It was behind closed doors. And even when working in a healthcare facility, it was still something we couldn't see. We just knew existed. And again, I think that people should really start to think about it. Like, what if it were my loved one? What if it were my parent or my grandparent? How would I react differently to this? And how would I humble myself and learn to live within my means, live within my social bubble for a couple of months until we can safely take care of this, safely come out with either a vaccine or a proper mm. treatment for it because influenza comes every year and yes long-term care homes are still impacted if we are impacted by influenza just to give everyone a rough idea maybe we'll have five maybe ten people that that get it just because it is highly contractable um in my nursing home we had 70 people and this is not wow. private news like this is publicly recorded mm. on our health unit but we had half of our nursing home um, the elderly and several staff get infected because of COVID. It is like wildfire being spread. You don't realize how quickly and easily it is to contract it. And that's why prevention is the key. And that comes through wearing a mask, social distancing and hand hygiene. Can you give the people watching some idea of the impact, uh, the mental health impact it has, it had and it continues to have on yourself and how you've dealt with that because as you mentioned some people may not have seen firsthand the impacts of COVID, so they can maybe pretend that it doesn't exist but for you dealing with that you've already said it's seven times more contagious than the flu which a lot of these people compare it to 
how do you take care of your men, your own mental health and your sanity and continue, continue to be positive when you're literally putting your life, without exaggeration, putting your life on the line pretty much any time you go into work? I was really grateful that my personally, my long-term care home actually invested in the employees taking not just breaks, but therapeutic breaks. We set up an entire room dedicated to relaxation. And it was almost like a spa type vibe with a running waterfall and a an oil diffuser. And this is just one way of being able to kind of take care of yourself when it's been a long, stressful day. Not only that, taking those short breaks while you're at work, when I come home, I am grateful for everything around me because you cannot feel gratitude and either, you know, isolation, resentment in the same moment. So it was just reminding me that my grandparents are healthy. Um, I'm providing the best quality of care to the residents at my long-term care home, whether it's end-of-life care or prevention care. And knowing that it's not just on my shoulders. I think that was one thing that I struggled with for a little bit, feeling like I had to be there every day, working double shifts, working a day shift, sleeping for a couple hours, going back for midnights. But it's not just on me. It can't just be because when I break, then I'm no good to help anybody. So it's really important to take breaks often, therapeutic breaks, turn off your cell phone, relax and think about your thoughts and your feelings, what you're going through, express gratitude every day to those around you. And again, just, I, I already forget my third point, I feel like, but the whole idea is to make sure that you are actively taking care of yourself and not allowing the stress to feel like it's just a one person job carrying the torch. It's it's a responsibility of all of us to help take care of of the mental health side effects. And we know from the social isolation, how much mental health and suicide rates have increased. So this yeah. just means that we have a greater need for self-care and wellness practices and projects in our communities and in our daily lives. And uh, just, just final uh, question on COVID. What is the current situation uh, in your hometown and in Canada in general, I guess, with uh, with what people should be doing? So here in Australia, for example, in Melbourne, they actually have a curfew. They're not allowed allowed outside after 9 p.m. and before 5 a.m., which had, we never thought would happen in Australia. But in Sydney, it's it's much more under control. And obviously in America, the United States, it very much depends on what state you're talking about. In Canada and your hometown, what's the current state of lockdown? So... Because I'm from Ontario and on Ontario, we have a lot of larger cities, including Toronto, Ontario, a, bear, a big area for tourism and travel, um, Ottawa, our capital. We have a very highly populated province. And unfortunately, in the last couple of days to weeks, our cases have gone up. And we've literally just a couple of hours ago got noticed that social gatherings are now being brought down to 10 in an indoor space and 25 in an outdoor space, which is concerning. Not just, you know, because the pageant is in a couple of months and what does this mean for that? But again, it just means that the risk is so much higher for contracting in a public area. And are people going to continue wearing masks? We do have mask mandates out, but there's already been protests and a lot of rejection and tension regarding this. So we are our government, the Canadian government is very serious in taking it to the highest level, understanding that if our cases stay high, we can't go into a winter with cases being this high. It is only going to exponentially grow. So they're really trying to backtrack, bring down the bring down the cases by limiting social gatherings. And hopefully when winter does come, we are able to be in a safer place for larger public gatherings as well. But that's how that's going. How how cold is winter where you're at compared to Matea? saying that you know you can go outside and you can just throw maple syrup in the snow and it becomes toffee are you as bad as her or are you somewhat more humane no i've been i've been to where mateus from and it is quite cold in the winter if we're talking negative 30 in calgary edmonton calgary area windsor ontario we get about we some days we get polar vortex negative 15 to negative 20 on average we stay to about negative 5 to negative 10 degrees celsius if 
people understand Celsius, but it, it's cold. To me, cold is cold. Once you go below zero, it's all freezing. Give me a parka, a scarf, gloves, because I just, I don't tolerate the cold well. <laughs> it's not really weather for a bikini section, is it? Polar vortex, that sounds horrific. What's a polar vortex? This was a term I only heard about four or five years ago, and it's when you go outside, the air is so cold that it just hurts the skin on your face. It's not even like a wind chill. It's just a feeling that it is that cold that if you don't have like every inch of you head to toe covered, you are at significant potential for getting like frostbite. That is how serious it is. So that's stay indoors weather. That must be when I was, I think I told Matea this when I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I don't know where that is relative to you but it was minus 20, put it this way, it was cold enough that the guy that I was working there for boiled a, uh, boiled a kettle and told me to throw the boiling water up in the air and it came down frozen as it snow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but um, I'm. we like to laugh at people coming to Australia who aren't ready for the sun, but I feel they had a good laugh at me as a silly Australian who went outside because I had no idea. I went outside dressed in this T-shirt, I think it was, minus 20 and it hurts i i don't know what it is but you go outside and your whole face hurts but then it stops hurting and i was told that when it stops hurting that's the most worrying part i don't know if that's true yeah because your face goes numb because it's just that cold so and i'm sure yeah australia gets your winter is not winter your winter is more like <laughs> our fall or spring but yeah. it, it's definitely chilly and it, it can be a shock to somebody who's never experienced cold temperature like that yeah um i know our, our winters are, are, are mild it, we don't go to zero and it doesn't snow or anything so compared to to most places it's probably quite pleasant mm -hmm. uh over in the comments amber has an interesting question she says you do coach do you think you can still do that um if and when let's say you are a national title holder Absolutely. I think especially when I win Miss World Canada, it only proves that I have a greater sense of experience and knowledge to impart on other young women. And while, yes, my number one priority would be towards my reign and being being sure to be out in my community, promoting different causes and events and preparing for Miss World, it's all about a balance with real life, too, and understanding that I do have other girls that I am coaching and who do want to learn from me and experience that. And even if it's on a smaller scale and maybe not every day, but weekly being able to to chat with the girls that I am helping out, absolutely, that's something I'm still going to do because life doesn't stop when you're a title holder. It's all about just being having a really good ability to juggle all of the responsibilities. And I would I could never leave my pageant gals behind. I have to always be there for them. So do not worry, I would still be there for you. That leads me on to an interesting question. Um, I mean, we've talked about nursing. You coach, I know you're a personal trainer as well. And I know you do a lot of things online. I, I know that you started recently interviewing people. So what are the other facets of your career? Because I understand, I could be wrong, but it's not just one branch. There are a few branches here we're talking about. Yeah, you've nailed it right on the head. And I, I found a lot of other passions, especially through pageantry, all the self-reflection you do, things come up. And I realized that when I was 18 years old, I only had one perspective and one experience and through pageantry and being able to learn and help others. Because again, girls would always ask me for advice. Like I knew something. And the more that I started to articulate the way that I was experiencing life, the way I thought about things and the way that I prepared, I learned that the way that I am in my mindset I'm able to help other girls and teach them the same thing too, so that they can not only be successful in pageantry, but happy and fulfilled in their everyday life. So it was about two years ago that I decided to coach my friend. She asked me to help her for, prepare for her pageant because she had never competed and placed in a pageant in like seven years. And she was competing for Miss Galaxy Canada. And after about three months of working with her, she placed in the top five. So at that point, I thought, all right, this is this is something real and this is something that I can do. And now a year and a half later, I'm realizing how important it is to share the messages that I've shared and the lessons that I've learned, how it's not always a smooth road. It's rocky and it's bumpy and it's reality. And that is what sparked me wanting to start the Yes She Talks talk show 
pretty much because of very similar channels, just like this one, being able to reach a larger audience through conversation and discovery in that way. Because sometimes me talking in front of a camera might not be as effective as me bringing out stories with another person. And that is what started pageant coaching and yes, she talks. And then as far as personal training, I thought over the break while I've been working as a nurse in my nursing home, how much it's important to care for ourselves and protect our health before we end up having these illnesses and diseases that are so much more difficult to get rid of. It is much easier to prevent an illness than it is to treat one in some cases. And that is what kind of led me to doing personal training. And I can only see it getting bigger from here. I would love to have my own online training platform with products. And these are all things that are going to come in 2021. But I'm starting to realize that I'm not just Maria the nurse. I am Maria, the person who inspires others to lead better and healthier lives. And if I want to inspire more individuals, I have to try these different facets of life. And Mm. so far, this is where it's taken me. And I can only imagine in four years from now where it's going to take me and where it'll be. Okay, so I'll ask you the same question as I asked Matea. How do you balance it all? Because that's a lot to to, to balance, assuming that you're keeping yourself sane. So you've got a a job that you might have worked double shifts, got no sleep, and is very harsh on your mental health. And then you're doing other things on top where most people would probably just go home, have a spa bath and call it quits. So how do you balance and organize it all? A very good calendar where I can see everything that's happening for the month and prioritizing your days as well. So I'm Maria the nurse, yes, but I'm not Maria the nurse every day. And it's important that when you are not diving into one of your passions, that you allow it to sit. You don't let it sit in your mind, you allow it to sit where it is. And so that way when I can come back to it, I can enjoy it rather than taking that energy and those thoughts with me. And what I mean by that is every day when I leave my nursing home or when I do work and leave, I literally take a breath and leave it there. So the stress doesn't come home with me. I'm not thinking about the workers. I'm not thinking about my day. It stays there. And it's a practice. It doesn't always happen like this. Sometimes I leave and I think, oh, what an awful shift. But it's something to always be practicing and telling yourself, being organized and making sure that you are blocking out the time for those passions. And then again, blocking out the time for yourself. One thing that I just had to do this week is I removed social media from my phone. So I've only been accessing it through my laptop. And it has helped me feel so much more clear because I'm not always checking and being out of control of it. Now I've placed the control back in my hands. And when I want to go check something or respond to somebody, it's me purposefully doing this. So not only are being organized and, you know, being able to time block, are they really important, but it's being very intentional with your energy and with your attention and where you give that energy and attention to and when, because you don't always need to be at everybody's beck and call immediately when they message you. You can take an hour to respond to them. They will be okay. If they really need me, they will call me. That's my rule of thumb. It's, it's probably not life or death, but sometimes people can, can feel that it is. Are you an online calendar organizer kind of girl or are you the old school paper, write it down kind of girl? I'm extreme organized and I have both. I have a daily plan. Now I've actually invested in an hourly planner because just working with so many clients, I have to have hour by hour scheduled and planned out. And then I do have my online Google calendar because some of my calls are through, are through Google chat. So Mm. both. And I think that's, that, that was much necessary in order to fully organize my mind and my life. I, I, I can't imagine when you and Matea get together and talk at like how much is going on. I mean, between the two of you, it boggles my mind how many how many things you have going on. So in terms of what you do to relax, God forbid I ask this question, um, but in your spare time, if there is such a thing, what do you do in that spare time just to chill out? Yes, 24 hours in a day, lots of time to take time for me. And even if it's only five minutes. So one of my biggest hobbies and passions is playing soccer. While we haven't really been able to do that this year, it is one of Mm. just the funnest things that I do where when I'm in a game with a team focused on the goal, I'm not thinking about any other stresses of life. So it's been a little bit unfortunate that I haven't been able to practice and play as much this summer. Um, 
and hopefully our leagues will start back up soon, even if it's just weekly. That is one thing that I love. Um, of course, physical activity for myself, putting on my headphones and either listening to a really pump up playlist or a really inspirational podcast or a talk show such as this one. And in being able to work on my own physical health, that is something that five days out of the week I need to do or I slowly start to lose my energy and my calmness. And others around me know that. They they want to ensure that I'm getting in that physical activity for myself so I am not a bear to be around. And of course, maybe you're somebody who doesn't have that much time. I think I don't even think I'm busy. I think there are other people who are busier. And every night before bed, I do two things. I put, besides brush my teeth, I put my legs up my wall to give my feet a time to take a break allow the blood flow to rush back to my body, and I read. I usually only read a couple of pages every night, but it's something just to allow my brain to relax and maybe even learn something new through the book or just read something that's interesting. Those are a couple of practices that are my tried and true, that if I am not doing them, somebody around me will know and, and put me in check and say, hey, get back to your routine, you know what it takes. And sometimes it's just five minutes that you need to do of either reading or meditation. You, you mentioned becoming a bear. I mean, what what exactly does that entail? You said you slowly lose your calm. So what happens if you, God forbid, forget for a couple of days or a couple of weeks to do these things? What what exactly is the bear? I think my parents and boyfriend would attest that I'm just a little bit more snappy. I'm just a little bit more like, what? Instead of just being like, oh, how's it going? And <laughs> they they will know. Yeah, just like that not going to give too much away. I'm a happy person, I promise, but sometimes I'm like, "Oh, that wasn't nice. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to say that like that." And you just realize and then get back on track. That's fair enough. I think we we're all human. Uh, you mentioned that you read um every night before you go to bed. What's on the um to read list or what books are you recommending at the moment? You know what? I just got two new ones from friends today that I don't even remember what they are called, but the one that I'm currently reading is called I Am an Iron Man. My friend Carly Madolo, I don't know if she's listening to this right now, she let me borrow this and she's an Iron Man herself. I oh, wow. am yet to become one and I don't know if that's something that my life's journey will take me on, but it's just seeing the discipline and the passion behind people who do these crazy extravagant things with their body and with their time and the amount of dedication and preparation it takes to run what can be upwards of 20 to 24 hours it just it teaches me again the mindset and the reality and the discipline of somebody to do this and even if i can push myself even five percent harder in my daily life towards my goals that's why i like reading books like this even though my goal isn't to run an iron man or perform in an iron man it just gives me that same motivation to just push and work a little bit harder because if these people can you know swim countless miles bike hundreds and hundreds of miles and run marathons on end then i can push myself just five percent harder towards my goals just do you, can you remind me what an Ironman exactly is? It is it similar to a triathlon? It's got the three events, but yeah. I think from memory, basically, it's you run a you run a marathon. That's kind of just the running section, and then obviously you've got an extremely strenuous swim and bike. Am I on the right path? Is that what it is? Yeah, the swim is first, then it's the bike, then it's the run. I don't know how long the total distance is, but it's a lot. It's a lot. And you're right, it's a marathon at the end. My friend actually convinced me to do a half marathon with her last year, which I had a blast doing, but I think that's where I think that's where I cap it out. I, I did the half marathon. I'm happy with that. Maybe I'll run a marathon. Maybe I'll do that when I'm in my 30s, but I think I've had my fun with it for right now. Are you a cardio person or weights person? Weights, weights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love being able to do a little bit of cardio if I'm stressed. Ooh, sometimes I just have to hit the, the cardio machine. Sometimes I'll go, I won't even look at the time and 50 minutes later, I'm like, wow, that was very therapeutic. But for my own physique goals right now, lifting weights and trying these new cool exercises to really just show my body what it can do it's been a real fun time and I've been posting a lot of them on Instagram now just to showcase to others that workouts can be fun and try different things, find out what your body can do and just be amazed at 
how you can transform. So definitely weight-based activity is my kind of jam. You've been posting a lot on TikTok as well, haven't you? I have. I have a little bit of a following on TikTok. I, don't... I was going to say, you've blown up on TikTok a fair bit. Yeah, I'm, I don't think many of them are from Canada or like the, uh, the US or Australia. They're a lot of, uh, they're from around the world really, but it started when I started posting my pageant walks because I would film my runway walks as a way to reflect on what I can be improving on. And something in me just thought, I'm gonna share it to TikTok because I don't have a large like local following on TikTok. So I thought, okay, if no one sees it, that's totally okay. and everyone just kind of started to like them. And then when my pageant gals started to see the walks, they would want to see more and they would want to learn more routines. So that has become very successful and popular. I think I have like 47,000 followers, wow. which is crazy because you, you just don't grow that kind of way organically and naturally on Instagram these days. So that's yeah. why I'm fascinated by TikTok. And I watch your TikToks and the, the videos that you're able to share here. It's, it's a great platform. And I'm, I'm wondering if it'll be like the new Instagram or the new Facebook to come. I'm not sure. It's an interesting question. I mean, I mean, obviously America, is not really loving TikTok right now. Um, President Trump wants to completely kill it. I, I, I think it might have been in the news the other day that someone bought TikTok America. I'm not sure, but I mean, if you had to guess, do you think TikTok is here to stay? Or do you think because of the certain troubles it's had, it, it's going to die out and slowly people will forget about it? I don't think it's gonna be like the next Facebook or Instagram personally. Um, especially now that Instagram has added a feature very similar to TikTok, which really? I don't know if you've been using the reels. Yeah. I've actually really liked it. And the chance to for, for more views to be seen on there, very interesting. Um, but I think TikTok is here right now, especially because we've all been in isolation looking for things to do and consume mm. on our phone. I think it'll be here. I just think it'll always be one of like the top five to 10. I don't think it'll ever yeah. be in that top three spot. As someone who's obviously been a national title holder and represented Canada internationally, in terms of social media, how much time do you spend on it? I mean, you obviously just said you took it off your phone and I can understand that I've done something similar myself um, in the past. How much time do you think is important to spend as a title holder on social media, given that these days anyway, social is such an important part of spreading the word and putting your message out? One thing I've noticed is that everyone's on social media. A lot of people don't post, they don't share, they don't interact, which is interesting mm. because that's what the platform is for. And so it's not about time for me, it's more about interaction. And the way I explain it to any other future title holders or contestants is that each time you go on social media, each time you open up the app, even if it's habitually you should be interacting with every post in some way because the whole idea is that if you're following these people you want to know about their lives you want to learn a little bit more about them or help provide value to them so my rule of thumb is each time i'm on social media that i actually open up the app i either have to post something whether it be to my story or to my feed or i have to like and comment on at least the top five photos that come up because it's less about the time that you spend on there. You can spend an hour scrolling. That's not going to be very beneficial mm. to anybody, but what's really going to get more impact and have other people reaching out to you is that interaction piece. And that's what I really prided myself on doing the last couple of years, not just, you know, posting once or a couple times a week. I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram every single day. So I might as well be sharing about my life and having other people get to know me a little bit better because when people know you, they can reach out to you for help and advice. And I think that's why I've grown as a pageant coach and a personal trainer because I put those things out there. I tell others, I know about these things, come to me if you have questions. I can't help anybody if I don't show them what I know and if I don't show them how I can help them. So for my title holders out there or for my contestants, my rule of thumb that I learned from Gary Vee is you should be posting like 10 times a day across all of your platforms. You know, you might post the same thing on a different platform, but if somebody says that that's a problem, it's like they're on social media anyways. It's not like they don't spend mm -hmm. that time on it. They know that they do. 
we just get so caught up and worried about the judgment of others that we don't actually just share who we are and what we like. So minimum one post a day, maximum have fun with it. And I think it's important, especially showing that pageantry has gone online now that we have to have a good understanding of how to connect on social media. You mentioned Gary V, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's a, a, a very famous, but he's an entrepreneur, but he's very famous for hustle. And I love his message. Um, I've always wondered what sort of crossover he would have with pageantry, given how much he curses. Um, he's from Jersey. He does drop, drop the F-bomb a lot, but he talks about releasing 100 pieces of content a day, which, as you said, Maria, it can be the same one repurposed for different platforms. Um, do, do you have any idea like where in the ballpark you are in terms of how many content pieces you're releasing across all platforms in a day? Oh, I would say ugh, Gary Vee would not be proud of me. Mind you, it's just me on my phone, right? I don't have anyone helping me. I don't use any apps to plan out my content. It's when I'm on and I can post, I do. And on a good day, I would say probably between 10 to 20, considering stories and things like that. Now that I don't have my social media on my phone, at least for the next mm. week, it's probably going to look like three a day. And again, that's stories, posts, sharing, just to keep people updated and, and different things like that. But I would prefer to be posting at least 10 times a day um, about my life, what I eat. It takes two seconds. If you don't yeah. think about it and you just share it, it, you could have 10 done in the next five minutes. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great idea for, for more pageant girls to get into is to post more often and worry less about how it looks and spend less time editing the caption and editing editing the photo, trying to make it look perfect. Uh, Maria, in terms of Miss World Canada, uh, what is, what's the schedule like? So what's your next competition or video recording? Who knows what it is like uh, with COVID at the moment. What's your next um, duty or event with Miss World Canada? Right now, we just had the virtual Miss Earth Canada pageant occur, and a lot of time has been spent towards that. So I assume we're going to get a lot more information about Miss World Canada in the next few weeks. Currently, the two biggest facets of competition I'm focusing on are the fundraising portion for the Children's Wish and Make-A-Wish Canada Foundation and the online blogging portion. We have this online blogging portal that all of the contestants are able to post about, a little bit about them, about their preparation, their community work, so that friends and family can be able to read and watch along. Those are two components that are leading up to the competition, aside from, you know, practicing your walks and interviews. Yeah. And yeah. we're we're scheduled to to be there from November 1st to the 7th and I'm open to to whatever whatever comes next that's for sure but right now it's about fundraising and posting on the blog right now I'm actually going to be hosting my own virtual pageant fundraiser called Miss Queen of the Screen I thought what a great time to take advantage of the trend that's going on and let's be real I just loved the name when I when the name came to me I had to do it so I have 20 young women competing for Miss Queen of the Screen which will be done scheduled and done on October 3rd Right. Okay. So fingers crossed, um, at least for the Miss World Canada system, that everything can go ahead. Because um, um, as as nice it's, as it's been to see the pageants being able to go virtual successfully, I think a lot of us miss being there in person and the adrenaline that comes with being on stage and performing in front of your audience, your, your friends and family. Uh, Maria, just before we go to the final 10, shout outs, thank yous um, to anyone for supporting you along your journey, pageant or otherwise? The, I would oh, I would be so guilty if I did not say my mom. My mom, and I know that that's a common answer that women give, but she is truly my rock beyond belief. She is the one that I haven't mentioned and I should. Like when I'm having those down days, it's her that's reminding me to take care of myself. When I have a stress day and I don't, I can't think of ideas for fundraisers or interview questions, the next morning she's written out a whole list of things for me to think about and to remind myself about. So truly Mama Bear, Mama G has been undeniably a force to be reckoned with in the pageant world behind the scenes. 
her. I have several coaches and trainers who have been helping prepare me and really just develop me as a woman in the pageant community and in my own personal life. So shout out to Sobe, Angel, Kristen, and Sean. They have been all fantastic workers in my life. Oh my goodness. Matea, of course, we've mentioned her a couple times for her undeniable help towards me and her support. When me and Matea get on a call, we are on the phone for at least an hour together, just because like you said, we have so much to talk about that we have going mm -hmm. on. So Matea and any of my other girlfriends that are there, my boyfriend, Carlos, no one quite tells the boyfriend what to be in for once their girlfriend enters into pageantry. And I would like to think he's handled <laughs> the stresses, the associated stress pretty well. So that should be an you. online course that you create for pageant boyfriend 101 what to expect what to do and what not to do i should tm i'm trademarking that and taking it right away that's so smart but those are just some of the people who've truly helped me along along the way and more that i probably can't think of right now but yeah. anyone you know who you are thank you again you don't realize how much it means to me honestly just just quickly um what tips do you have for pageant partners Obviously, they're mainly boyfriends because I like to point them out at, at pageants and go, that's a pageant boyfriend, that's a pageant boyfriend. You can normally tell because they're all hunkering together, looking quite awkward, having no idea what to do. So <laughs> what tips would you have just quickly for pageant boyfriends? I will say be be curious about it you know ask questions and get involved don't be afraid of the industry it's it's very interesting and find what you might like and learn from it my boyfriend in particular he loves photography so every photo shoot that i'm at he comes and he's usually talking to the photographers about exposure and lenses and angles and i don't even know what mm -hmm. else but yeah. find find something to be interested in about it or just be supportive. If your girl is tired and cranky, go get her a coffee. Go just do something small. You would be surprised at how beneficial that can be. Be the ear that she needs to vent about, be the shoulder that she may need to cry on, and just be open to learning more about this, this different area of life. I think foot massages might be, um, might be an interesting yeah. tool to have in your toolkit. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to drop off like a mani-pedi at her door or even just book it for her. Now now we're getting a little crazy, you know, facials and things like that. Guys, those don't hurt ever, <laughs> ever. Never underestimate the power of a good mani-pedi. Okay, let's move on to the final town. I'll just bring you up to date. Elizabeth Marnock um, has said, hey, Maria. And Amber Jusen has dropped the crown emoji. Thank you. So, Maria, the final 10, as I tell everyone, <laughs> it's not a speed round. Um, you can, if you want to, you can answer them as quickly as you want, or you can take your time. So, final 10. Question one, what is your favorite word? Optimism. I would say that not only because I work with Optimus International as a spokesperson, but it's it's such a buzzword in my mind and when you think about it i think there's either like you're either a pessimist or an optimist i don't think that there is one or the other and telling teaching others how to be optimistic and truly to me i say be like a child when you're a child you're looking at life wanting to learn more just experiencing the joys around you and realistically i think children are like the best representation of an optimistic mindset so when i tell others this i say be more optimistic be just have this sense of wonder and positivity about the world around you because our world is good in so many ways and if it's bad it's because we created the, it this way and we have to know that we're in control of what's around us and all all it does is switching the or flipping the switch to optimism. And what is your least favorite word? Um, I want to say the word comparison. Comparison in any way. Because there's just no such thing. I don't know exactly at what age we're taught to look at somebody else and either judge them or judge ourselves. But it just doesn't make sense. We're all on our own path. We're all on our own journey. And sometimes we don't say the word comparison, but it's exactly what we do. And it makes mm -hmm. us insecure. It makes us not feel good. And the way to realize that 
like to get the word comparison out of your mind and out of your repertoire is realizing that we are all kings and queens in our own way. And we have to wear our royal crown, which is our royal identity. And when you're doing that, you don't worry about what anyone else is doing. You only worry about being your best self and bringing others around you up. In life, what gets you excited or what turns you on? Pageants, truly. I've been... <laughs> I've been honestly, it's it's goofy and people look at me and they're like, why are you so obsessed with these? But I love the concept behind them. I've not only enjoyed competing in them, but now that I'm coaching and I guess slash directing a pageant, I love everything about it. It gets girls excited. I've been having the last couple of days um, some prizes shipped to me and they aren't even for me, but I'm so excited to give these out to whoever wins. And anytime I ever feel like I'm I'm losing my energy or my tank is running low, I'll go on Pinterest, start pinning things to the pageant gal, which is my, my pageant coaching name, or I'll post to the pageant gal. And it just reminds me that this is such, it's just so glittery and glam, but it has such a good message behind it. And it just brings me up. It really does just bring me joy. And what turns you off? People commenting rude things on other people's socials it just again it's one of those things that just doesn't make sense and it's probably what sparked me kind of having to uh reserve myself from social media for a little bit because i can't understand how somebody is so unhappy with themselves that they choose to bring others down and if you go deep into the messaging that i share that's really what i want to teach others it's be so okay with yourself that you don't ever want other people to feel bad or down and you know it's almost like there's no it, there's no filter on the internet people say what they want and it's not my favorite thing and we've all got to learn to be a little bit kinder question five what sound or noise do you love i'm going to say the sound of a bird chirping just because when the birds chirp it reminds me of spring which is as you can imagine when the weather starts to warm up and i love waking up early in the springtime um, when I'm able to to go for a run and just listening to the sounds of nature around me I guess not just birds but nature in general um, especially when you're someone like me who has a lot going on even if you don't have a lot going on taking time to appreciate the nature and beauty around you and let your thoughts just relax let your mind relax it's such a serene and just mindful experience that I I just love I love and what sound or noise do you hate? I figured this was coming. So I hate the sound of the alarms that I used in nursing school, because when I hear them as somebody's phone alarm or like their text message alarm, immediately I go back to like 5 a.m. clinical mornings having to go to the hospital. And I'm like, it's that immediate startle of, oh my God, I gotta wake up and go get ready. And it's just, oh, it's like a post-traumatic stress sound or something like that. So I'm always changing up the sounds on my alarm and I can pinpoint what alarm correlates to what year of nursing I was in. So it's just a little bit cringeworthy. Uh, can you identify the sounds for us? Like which ones are the ones that really set you off? I don't, I've never used like the traditional alarm, but it's like, I don't know. I'm, I can't sing, but that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. That sounds like a very dramatic sound to, 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 to wake up to. It's a shame. It's, it's become PTSD for you. I'm sure it's a nice ringtone, but when I've used it as my alarm for so long, I've just dissociated anything positive with it. And I just think about school. <laughs> That's fair enough. Okay, question seven. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? I would pick teleportation. I love to travel and I've traveled to 17 countries now. And the time of airfare and just like the up and down motion of being in an airplane, if I could just immediately travel to a mm. new country and just teleport anywhere in the world, I know I would have a lot more stamps on my passport. I would have a lot more cultural learning experiences. I would be able to go to, we could have done this in, in person. We could have, I could have been in mm. Australia in person, right? That would have been amazing. And 
Yeah, like especially right now when flights are not going on and airfare can be a little bit more pricey, I would love with just the snap of my finger to be in a new country in a whole new learning environment and be able to come right back home when I need. I can definitely sympathize with that one. Coming from Australia, it takes five years to get anywhere, even in yeah. this day and age. So, so start planning your trip. Start planning your trip to Canada now, so five years from now you can come and visit. In summer. Yeah, not, in summer. Not in winter. I'll get That's out of the airport and just die. It doesn't work for me. Um, I have been to Canada, actually. I But it, oh. the um, it's Ayers Cliff. It's like a tiny... My previous girlfriend was, was from Canada, so she went back to visit her family. So I have been through Canada. It was lovely, and it was freezing. But... I quite enjoyed that cold as opposed to the damp cold in the UK. So I guess it's different type of, types of cold. Anyway, question eight. What job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt? I think that I would like to be on the Tony Robbins level of public speaking and motivational speaking because he moves people's lives just by his words and his conviction and the tone of his voice. And while I've done public speaking here and there, I've never had such a large audience of people and such mm. stories to be able to share and just give people chills and give people a different perspective of life. And of course, now he works with millionaires around the world and he's, he's just a world renowned speaker in general. And I, I think that's something that I would be able to do one day, maybe not Maybe not right now, maybe that's what I'm working up to, but I would love to be one of those like typical speaker gurus who are very inspirational just by the the sound of their voice. That's what I would love to do. You, you haven't set your sights low on that one. I know, right? I like to say my goal is to be the female Tony Robbins and it doesn't have to happen in the next five years. Maybe it'll happen in the next 50 years, who knows? But I've got time to figure that one out. Have you been, how many of his events have you been to? I haven't been to an in-person one, but even the ones that are online on Netflix or on YouTube, I've had my own realizations just by watching them. And I've met several people who've gone to his live events and they say it is truly foundational to the person that they are today. So one day I will come for you, Tony Robbins. I will be in your audience. Again, maybe in the next five years, I'll do that. I, I ask because his Keystone event, the UPW Unleash a Power Within, I think I've been to that like around 10 times now. And because um, one of the places he comes to is Australia. He actually had a home, not in not in Sydney, but on the Gold Coast for a while. And he's actually doing, I think, his UPW virtual at the moment for us Aussies. Um, and UPW is one where you storm across fire on the mm -hmm. first night. Um, and I, I highly, highly recommend it. I'm actually trained as one of his coaches. So it's interesting that you bring him up because um, I, I can't get enough of him. And that's actually how I first heard of Gary Vaynerchuk because Tony brought Gary into one of his business mastery events, which I've also been to. I've been to pretty much every single one of Tony's events. I've been to Date with Destiny, Life Mastery in Fiji. Um, he's got a magnificent home in Namali. So highly recommend, highly recommend as Amazing. a fan and a, as a coach. Um, We're going to chat more about this one day. You're going to impart all the wisdom on me. I would love that. <laughs> well, I'll probably just say what he said. And, yeah. you know, he said, you know, I just pass it on because he says it pretty well, as you said. So I'm not going to try and improve on it. Um, but happy to meet a fellow fan. Question nine, what job or occupation would you definitely not like to attempt? In the most compassionate and empathetic way possible. I could not be a personal support worker. I don't know what you would call them in Australia, but they're the people who help work in the nursing homes to do daily activities for the residents, like changing them, helping them get ready, moving right. them. Yeah. It is a physically, emotionally, and mentally demanding job that these people do not get nearly the amount of recognition that they deserve. and. It's, it's a lot of strain on your body and on your mind and you are physically moving and physically being the arms, legs for individuals. And yeah. I am five foot two. I've, you know, we've had to take courses like this and we did placements like this when I was in school and it just gave me a better appreciation and understanding of the work that they do. But 
I praise them. It's just not something that I am meant to do. That's all. I can imagine that must be a thankless job. Um, so hats off to them. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I would love to hear God say that I did so much more in life than he ever anticipated for me. I truly believe that whatever you believe in, at the end of your life, there is going to be some kind of person or list waiting for you to look and show you what your life should have been like. And I believe that God is going to be up there writing and thinking, oh, I didn't know she was going to do this. Oh, wow. Like, okay, I knew she was going to do this. I didn't know she was going to go to this level. And I want him to realize that his vision for me, that I was able to not only match it, but surpass it because my ambition and my thirst for life was just so great and amazing that he is just going to be so proud that he, I did not just stop when I achieved one or two things that I just kept going and had the zest for life. And that of course he gives me a big hug and says, great job. You left a legacy for many people to want to live by too. Sounds good. Well, Matea, that's about it. Thank you so much for your time. Maria. Oh, okay. We love that you, Matea. We do. We do. We love her. Sorry, Maria. Sorry, Matea. I was telling um, Maria, not Matea, that it was 6 a.m. when we jumped on, which entails a 5 a.m. wake-up call. So my brain, I mean, you've seen me partaking from the Galaxy Cup of Shame, which was holding um, caffeine. It's, uh, but that was decaf actually, now that I think about it, that's why it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> You're like, I can't keep my eyes open. My brain runs on coffee and, and that's, so if I don't have enough, it, it doesn't run. But um, thank you, Maria, for your time. <laughs> You're very welcome. I completely understand. No, we pardon you. It's all good. I'm glad you picked it up because some people are like, oh my God, he just called me Matteo. Has he forgotten who I am? Like, no, I just, my brain's not with it yet. Um, and I'll keep you on the line for just a second whilst I hang up with the audience, Maria. Um, but thanks everyone for watching and submitting your questions, whether it's live or on the replay. And we'll be speaking to you again very soon. What's up, guys? It's Adrian again. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to head over to pageantlaunch.com. Join our launch team for our review site. It's super important to all of us to make sure that the industry is safe, transparent, and fair. So head over to pageantlaunch.com, write in your email address, and we'll speak to you next time.